Hi, and welcome to the study of God's Word from the pulpit of First Baptist Church, Winton, California. Question. Do you believe in God? Some of you and most of you would probably say, yes, of course I do. If I were to ask, do you know God? Some of you say yes, and you might even preface that or say afterwards, you might say, I wish I knew him better. But if I were to ask you this morning, do you have a deep abiding peace? As I expected, some of you would probably reply, no, I do not. Why would I assume that? Why would I assume that? Because a lot of people who know God do not have the peace of God. Peace, of course, is one of the Nine fruits of the Spirit that God wants us to have in our life. You see, the the peace of God is like the gauges in our car that tell us the temperature of our car or whether our battery is charging. When we do not have the peace of God, it is a sign that something is wrong. Something is wrong. Everybody wants peace, but very few have it because they do not know how to receive it. Are you following me there? They do not have it because they do not know how to receive it. But it's not because They do not pray for it. How many of us pray for peace? Peace in our homes. Peace in our life. Peace in places where it does not exist. How many of us pray for that peace? In Jerusalem, there is a female journalist who heard about a very old Jewish man who had been going to the Wailing Wall to pray every day, twice a day, for a very, very long time. So she went to check that out. She thought there was a story there. So she went to the Wailing Wall, and sure enough, there he was. She watched him pray, and after about 45 minutes, when he turned to leave... She approached him and asked him for an interview. So the interview goes and the questions begin and she says, well, how long have you been doing this? And the man answered, for about 60 years. She says, well, that's amazing. What do you pray for? He says, I pray for peace between the Christians, Jews, and the Muslims. I pray for all the hatred to stop. And I pray for all of our children to grow up in safety and friendship. She asks him, how do you feel after doing this for 60 years? 
And he wasn't, he wasn't intending to make it a joke. But he said, it's like I'm talking to a wall. And he was. Why doesn't this peace exist? Because people do not know how to receive it. Praying to a wall will not bring about the peace of God in our lives. Many do not have it, but it's not because they don't pray for it. They don't have it because it's not because they do not wish to have it. How many of us wish for peace? A woman was walking along the beach when she stumbled upon a genie's lamp, and I think you know where I'm going. She picked it up, rubbed it, and lo and behold, the genie appeared. The amazed woman asked if she was going to receive the usual three wishes, and the genie said, no. Due to inflation, constant downsizing, low wages in third world countries, and fierce global competition, I can only grant you one wish. So, what will it be? She didn't hesitate. She said, I want peace in the Middle East. How many of us have prayed for peace in the Middle East? She said, see this map? I want these two countries to stop fighting with one another. The genie looked at the map and exclaimed, Lady, these countries have been at war for thousands of years. I'm good, but I'm not that good. I don't think it can be done, so make another wish. So the woman thought for a minute and she said, Well, I've never been able to find the right man, you know, one that's considerate, fun, likes to cook, helps with the house cleaning, who also gets along with my family, and doesn't watch sports all the time, and is faithful. That's what I wish for, a great mate. The genie let out a long sigh and said, let me see that map again. <laughs> but understand, just wishing... For peace will not bring the peace of God in our lives. This morning I want to show you how you can have the peace of God in your life. And in order for you to have it, you have to understand where it comes from. See, the Bible teaches that there are two kinds of peace. There is a peace that the lost world provides. And I think we're very familiar with that peace that the world offers. John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, and I give unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither, neither let it be afraid. We can see the kind of peace that the world provides in the face of men like Bill Gates, Ted Turner, uh, Steve Forbes. These men are not Christians as, as at least we assume they're not. I don't know if they are or not, but I'm going to assume that they're not. But everything is going well in their lives. And they're experiencing a peace that the world provides. There is a peace the world offers. And since this is the only kind of peace that lost man knows, 
This is the kind of peace that they seek. Notice again, John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world gives. The kind of peace that God offers is the kind of peace that Horatio Spafford had. Good, I got puzzled faces. Who is Horatio Spafford? Well, some of you might know. He was a Christian attorney that lived in Chicago and went through some very, very difficult times in his life. For example, he was in the Chicago Fire of 1871, where over 100,000 were left homeless and over 300 died. Spafford, for two years, unselfishly helped to assist the needs of the homeless, the impoverished, and those grief-stricken by the fire. And Spafford was known throughout Chicago as a sincere, devout Christian. After two years of such work, in November 1873, most of us were not there, but Spafford and his family decided to take a vacation. He wanted to do two things on this particular vacation. One was to join his good friend Dwight L. Moody in one of his evangelistic campaigns in England. From there, Mr. Spafford planned on traveling on to Europe. However, just as the Spaffords were preparing to leave, Horatio was unexpectedly detained by urgent business concerns in Chicago. The decision was made that his wife Anna and their four daughters, Anna, Maggie, Bessie, and Tanetta, would continue on as scheduled to England. And once Spafford had resolved the business concern, he would then catch up with them and begin their vacation together over the Atlantic Ocean. Mrs. Spafford was one of the 47 to survive. Tragically, all four of their daughters were part of the 226 who perished in the aftermath. Anna Spafford's heartbreaking telegram to her husband simply read, Saved alone. He immediately set sail for England to join his grief-stricken wife. And as the ship that he was traveling on passed the approximate location where his daughters had drowned, it is reported that due to his deep sorrow mingled with his unwavering faith in God's goodness... He penned the words of his now famous hymn, It is well with my soul. The peace that God gives does not come from circumstances. It does not come from circumstances. It comes from Almighty God. The peace that God gives does not come from circumstances. It comes from Him. Remember, when the disciples were on a ship and it looked like they were facing a watery grave, that the Lord appeared to them and said in Mark chapter 4, and the same day when the 
When the even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind. And the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he rose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. In the midst of the storm, he said, Peace, be still. We, as Christians, can have peace in the midst of the storms of life because our peace comes from God, not from circumstances. Let me show you the kind of peace the Lord provides. First of all, we can have peace with God. You see, you can never have real peace until you make peace with the Prince of Peace. Many have been misinformed how to find the peace of God. Some of you may remember a young lady by the name of Tracy Lipard. I think I'm saying that right. She was a beauty queen in Virginia a few years back. And she was all smiles and she wore her crown... But when we read of her in the newspaper again, she no longer had a smile on her face because she was in some serious trouble with the law. Her boyfriend dumped her and married another woman. And so she drove 250 miles to seek and gain her revenge. She took along a pistol, a hammer, lighter fluid, and matches. And no, this is not a country song. But when she arrived at his house and rang the doorbell, it was answered by his new father-in-law. She faked having car trouble and asked if she could use the telephone. And once she was inside the house, she took out her hammer and hit the father in the head and stunned him, but it didn't knock him out. What she didn't realize was that he was an ex-secret service agent. He grabbed her and as they struggled, she pulled the pistol from her purse and tried to shoot him. But that's when the mother-in-law jumped in to assist in the apprehension and the two of them wrestled her to the floor, holding her until the police arrived. When questioned, she said that she was driven to seek revenge... Because she needed inner peace. Does that justify the action? Did she find peace in God? Or was she seeking peace in her circumstance? The world we live in is full of people who do not have inner peace. Their life is filled with anger, 
It's filled with hate. But there is a peace that the world gives that is based on circumstances. And this is just a prime example. A young girl who was writing a paper for school came to her father and asked, Dad, what is the difference between annoying, anger, and exasperation? The father replied, it is mostly a matter of degree. Let me show you what I mean. With that, the father went to the telephone and dialed a number at random. And to the man who answered the phone, he said, Hello, is Melvin there? And the man answered, No, there's no one living here by the name of Melvin. Why don't you learn to look up the numbers before you dial? See, said the father to his daughter, That man was not a bit happy with my call. He was annoyed. He was probably very busy with something, and we annoyed him. Now watch. Father dialed the same number again. Hello? Is Melvin there? The man said, now look here. You just called this number, and I told you that there is no Melvin here. You've got a lot of nerve calling me again. And the receiver slammed, and the daughter could hear it from the background. The father turned to his daughter and said, You see, that was anger. Now I'll show you what exasperation means. <laughs> he dialed the same number. And when a violent voice roared, Hello! The father calmly said, Hello, this is Melvin. Have there been any calls for me? <laughs> the man, of course, said some unkind words to him. And he, the father said, see, honey, that's exasperation. We live in a world where we see a lot of people annoyed. We see a lot of people who are angry. And we see an exasperated people. But God puts within our hearts a peace that flows like a river. Amen? Amen? I like that chorus we sing, I got a peace like a river, right? I've got a peace like a river. The reason that song is such a blessing is because many of us know the peace of standing by a river. I love traveling to places and uh, seeing water features. I think my wife instilled that into me. But I love that. I love the peace and tranquility of watching water flow. And it's not bothering anybody. It's just doing what it does. The Lord said in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. God's word lets us know that the peace that he gives is not the kind of peace the world gives. The peace the world gives is based on circumstances. And if the circumstances in their life change, they lose peace. The peace that God gives is not based on receiving him and his peace. You see, the lost man is at war with God every day of his life. 
But when the Lord saves us, we have peace with him. That is why when a person accepts the Lord Jesus as their Savior, they immediately begin to experience the peace of God in their life. This is why he says in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18, Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are as scarlet, they will be white as snow. And though they are red like crimson, they will be like wool. It is a wonderful thing to have peace with God. God gives us a peace with God, but he also provides us with several things that go along with that. He also gives us an opportunity to experience peace with others, peace with our friends, peace with our families. There are people who do not have peace, and they set out to see that everyone they come in contact does not have any peace also. We know of these people. If they can't have peace, they don't want you to have it either. And they seek to destroy that in your life. The world would love nothing more than to take the peace of God that is in our life. They would love nothing more. They are miserable. And they want to make everyone else miserable too. They can count all their friends on one hand and they still have five fingers left over. One of my favorite stories is about a grandmother and grandfather who visited their grandchildren. And each afternoon, the grandfather would lie down for a nap. And one day, as a practical joke, the kids decided to put Limburger cheese in his mustache while he was asleep. Quite soon he awoke sniffing, why does this room stink? So he got up and went out into the kitchen. He wasn't there long until he decided that the kitchen smelled too. So he walked outdoors for a breath of fresh air. And much to his surprise, the open air brought no relief. And he proclaimed, this whole world stinks. President Richard Nixon could have gone down as one of the greatest presidents that we've ever had. But he was like so many that he kept an enemy list. If a journalist wrote something inaccurate, they were placed on his enemies list. If a politician fought him on a bill he wanted passed, they were placed on his enemy list. If someone got on television and said something negative about him, they went on his enemy list. There are people who live their life like this, that they have an enemy list, and they notice that that list is constantly growing. I wonder if that's some of us here this morning. We have a list of individuals that we don't want to deal with, or if we come into contact with them, we we turn and we walk the other way. Where is the peace in that? Dr. Odell Belger was preaching a revival in a church, a church that one time was booming. There wasn't an empty seat in the house. 
And he told the church that he was going to resign. And of course they were shocked to hear him say this, especially how well things were going. So they asked him why he was resigning his church. And they were driving to lunch one day and they said to him certain things that made him realize why he was resigning from the church. And he said, see that man on the street? That man used to attend this church and he told a bunch of, he told a bunch of lies about me. This pastor would point to another man and he said, see that man? He lost his job and my wife and I gave him money to help him and his family survived during that hard time. And when good times came into his life, he quit the church and started going to another church. And this pastor would point to a woman and he said, see that woman? She used to attend this church, but she is now one of the biggest gossipers in this town. He constantly pointed people out in this small town that had did him wrong. And it was obvious he had an enemy list that he could not forgive them. He could not see all the good people in his church. And all he could see was this enemy list that bugged the fire out of him. And he was going to resign his church. He had gotten where he built his life around the people that he hated. And I know for some of us, maybe not currently, but maybe before, or maybe, maybe now too, we build our lives around the negative things that rob us of our peace. But God says, if you come to him, lay our cares beside his feet that we can experience true peace with him. He did resign his church and is completely out of the ministry. These kind of people will not forgive. But listen, you can not hate your brothers and sisters, nor can you hate people and have the peace of God at the same time. The Lord teaches us to live with our brothers and sisters. Sometimes we have to go the extra mile. Because it doesn't always go the way we think it should. Matthew chapter 5 verses 41 through 45. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Give to him that asketh thee from him that would borrow of thee. Turn not thou away. You have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. That you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he makes his son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. But notice, God's word teaches for us to have the peace of God. In order to do that, we have to be like him. We have to be like him. So how is he? 
Notice, the Bible teaches, For he makes his son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. So think about that. If God was like some folks, he would look in some and say, That person took my name in vain. The other day, and, and I'm not going to allow the sun to shine on them. And they are not going to get any rain. Is that how our God operates? But aren't you glad God is not like some people? God wants us to bear the fruit of peace. But before we can bear the fruit of peace... We cannot go around angry at the world. We cannot be angry at our circumstance. One of the greatest changes that we can see in a man or woman's life after they are saved is their attitude towards others. That is, once we come to know the Lord, we want to live at peace with others. Romans 12, 18 says... If it be possible, as much as I lie in you, live peaceably with, and underline this if you're there, all men. All men. You and I both know it is not always easy to live at peace with others. We've all had... Maybe when we were younger, roommates that were too loud or did not uh, adhere to rules or um, did not line up with you uh, morally, ethically, so on and so on. The world is filled with people like this. We can turn them into our worst enemy. Or our best friend. We can make everyone at peace with us. But we can make every effort to achieve this. Even if that means going that extra mile. When we have God's peace. Enmity stops. And we have peace with others. But also know that we can also have peace with ourselves. We can have peace with ourselves. It is only when we have peace with God and peace with others that we can truly find peace within ourselves. But it all starts with peace with God. It was 1908... In the early days of Major League Baseball in America, the Chicago Cubs and the New York Giants were battling out for the National League Championship, and the opportunity to play Fred Merkel in the World Series. And he was in a position to be a game-winning hero, actually. He was on base when a teammate got a hit that would enable Merkel to score, and he thought he had, and he crossed home plate. But the Cubs touched second base and claimed that Merkel had missed that base and he was running to score. The umpire ruled that the almost hero was out at second because he hadn't touched the base. And that mistake ultimately cost his team 
the championship. He later said, I'm Ron Hutchcraft, and I want to have a word with you today about missing first base. So imagine, you think you've made it home safely, but it turns out you're out because you missed a base and failed to touch it. You see, that can happen to people when it comes to home that really matters. An eternal home in heaven when we pass from this earth. There are just too many passages in the Bible that indicate that people who thought they would make it there will be surprised to find out they can't get into heaven. Matthew 7, for example, portrays a judgment day scene when people will remind Jesus of all the Christian things that they've done. And he will say what? Depart from me. I never knew you. Somehow they missed Christ in the middle of all their Christianity. How does that happen? How does that happen? How can you make sure it doesn't happen to you? You need to make sure that you don't miss first base and you've played the Christian game. And believe me, it's not a game. This is a lifestyle. This is a choice. God has given us the choice to follow him. Will we do that? Will we seek to find peace with him so that we can find peace with others and then ultimately peace within ourselves? We need to stop doubting. And we need to believe that peace is attainable. And it's not only attainable, it is commanded by God. It is commanded by God. So one day when you meet the Lord and you walk up to him and say, Jesus, for me, what you did on the cross, that was for me. And I'm taking by faith what you did there for me. And if you know that you've done that, then it's settled, isn't it? But if you don't know that you have consciously given yourself to Jesus Christ, you probably haven't. You probably haven't. And for all you've done on this field or this earth, You've missed touching first base or second base or third base. God calls us to examine our lives and to exhibit all nine of these virtues of the fruits of the Spirit. It's not a pick and choose. It's They have to be present in our lives. And if they're not present in our lives, what a great day like today it is to come back to that 
and to understand that God is there for us. God wants us to experience true peace. And we can. We just have to know how to receive it. The Holy Spirit within can provide the peace that you're looking for. And he wants you to bear that fruit of peace. Amen? Dave. Stand together, please. It's interesting. We didn't plan this, but God's good to us. Let's sing. When peace like a Heavenly Father, we know that things don't happen by accident. We know that you speak to us through word, through song, through illustration. And Lord, we desperately want to have peace with you. We desperately want to have peace with others and certainly within ourselves. Lord, grant us the ability and the opportunities to achieve that. But we know we cannot find that in circumstances in life. We can't find that in the things that we gain on this earth. We find it only through the true sacrifice of your Son, Jesus Christ, that provides us the opportunity to know you, to love you, and to tell others about you. That's why we're here, Lord. We're not here for our own gain. We're here to honor you, to bless your name, not our own. Thank you, Lord, for our time together today. And as we leave this house, I pray that you will open our eyes and our hearts to the things in our life that we need to correct, things that might not be what they should be, but we know that they should. I pray that you will guide us in that, and in through all that, we will praise your name. And it is in your name we pray this afternoon, and all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Have a great day in the Lord. The Bible says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
If you've never trusted in Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, we invite you to call on Him now and through a simple prayer of faith, give your life to Him. If you're not attending a church that honors the Bible as the Word of God, we encourage you to locate and begin attending such a church in the area where you live. The message you have just heard was preached from the pulpit of First Baptist Church, Winton, California. For more information on the ministry of First Baptist Church, Winton, please visit our website at wintonchurch.org.